Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Around the Slice. Now, we don't need much introduction for this episode because you already know what it is. Um, I can't remember if I teased it on the Twitter or not, but anyway, here I am, obviously, talking to you guys directly to you. It is Tuesday, September 27th right now, and we are just going to review, give my thoughts and reactions slash takeaways from the Dolphins-Bills game that was played on Sunday Sunday, September 25th, as I am a diehard Bills fan, um, it was a tough one, man. But let's get into the box score, and then we'll do our weekly tradition of stock up, who impressed, who or what impressed me, and then stock down, who not hurt themselves, but who didn't show up, or who or what didn't impress me. And then I'll take you guys all through that, give you some quick thoughts on the overall game and the, some quick thoughts on the Dolphins from an opponent's point of view or and a Dolphins point of view. So let's just get started. So we're going to go to ESPN.com here, um, the NFL section, obviously. It's loading. NFL, we're going to go to do 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 um. Scores, because we want Bills, Dolphins, obviously. <clears throat> so right off the bat, like I said, it was a tough one. I'll get into specific, specific, excuse me, specific players and matchups in a minute here when I do my stack up, stack down report. But twenty one nineteen Dolphins, it was tough. But here's the just um the basic raw box scores. We'll go from the Dolphins first because they won, and I always do the opposing team first. Tua Tagovailoa, 13 of 18, 186 yards, 10.3 average per th- yards per, te- per throw, per attempt, whatever you want to call it. One touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, and he only took one sack, which is a loss of seven, 78.9 QBR. I'll talk about this a little, well, I'll save that a little later. Um, <clears throat> Teddy Bridgewater came in for one, for a couple plays, but he was 0 of 2, 0, 0, 0 across the board. Miami rushing, it was pretty much non-existent, but we might as well go over it since it says it here. Chase had been six rushes, 21 yards, 3.5 per carry. That's not good at all. And two touchdowns, his longest run of the day was eight. That's not saying much. Raheem Mostert, only two more carries with eight carries in the day, 11 yards, 1.4 average. That is abysmal. Zero touchdowns, and longest run was nine. Jalen Waddell on a jet sweep, one rush for nine yards. And then we have... Tua, one rush, but yielding zero yards. Receiving, though, <clears throat> Jalen Waddle really had a big day. Only four catches, but he t- extremely good efficiency. He turned those four catches into 102 yards, 25.5 average. That's extremely good efficiency. No touchdowns, but his longest was 45 at the end. That kind of steeled the game for the Dolphins. I'll get six targets, so he did catch four of six targets. And then Tyreek Hill, kind of a non-factor, as we'll get into it. Later in a little bit in my report on the players and matchups and stuff. Two receptions, 33 yards, 16.5 average per reception. Uh, longest in the day is 22 yards, no touchdowns for Tyreek Hill. Durham Smythe, the uh, backup tight end to Mike Asicki, three catches for 23 yards. Uh, <clears throat> River Crowcraft, who's had a nice couple of games, had a touchdown all three games actually, which is. Interesting anecdote there. One catch for 11 yards, but that one catch was a touchdown. Mike Gesicki, one catch for six yards, who's usually pretty much been very, very dominant. Killed the Bills in the past, but not today. We can... <clears throat> Matt Milano and Tremaine Evans, excuse me, 
Milano and Tremaine Edmonds held him pretty much nothing on the day. Chester Edmonds out of the backfield, one for six. No touchdowns. Trent Sherfield, like the fourth receiver in the depth chart, one for five. Raheem Mostert, nothing. Alec Engel, nothing. So, uh, <clears throat> and on the defensive side, I just want to highlight the key defensive stats. Uh, Melvin Ingram uh, did force a fumble on Josh Allen. He also had two sacks in the day. Uh, in total, the Dolphins had four sacks in the day. Jerome Baker was all over the field, too, deflecting passes. The linebacker for the Dolphins, that is, uh, if you didn't know. Deflecting passes all over the place, tackling, helped cover it in coverage. He was very good. Now let's go to the Bills' side of the ball, which is the real interesting stuff. Josh Allen lit up the Dolphins. 42-63, which is six. 66% completion percentage, which is a very good day. 400 yards, 6.3 average per attempt. Not the highest per attempt, but again, when, you, you're at six, when you're airing it out like that, it's not going to be. Two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked four times, though, as I mentioned, for 18 yards loss. Uh, rushing, Josh Allen. <laughs> I don't like to keep seeing this, but Josh Allen was the leading rusher again. I have some gripes with this rushing attack, too. In running back room in general. And one guy in specific we'll get to in that report. <clears throat> that I keep alluding to. Eight rushes for Josh Allen for 47 yards. 5.9 average. We didn't have any. Did we? No. With these stats we have any rushing touchdowns on a day. But Zach Moss. Four rushes for 46 yards. 11.5. No touchdowns. As I mentioned. No rushing touchdowns on the day. Now Zach Moss had a 43 yard <laughs> Uh, he had, excuse me, he had a 43-yard rush. If you take away that, he had three yards before that on those other three carries. So that 46, I mean, real explosive run, but didn't see much from him. Devin Singletary, pretty bad day, but he didn't have the opportunities either. Singletary, nine rushes for 13 yards, 1.4 average. That's absolute garbage. Sorry to be harsh, but it is. Isaiah McKenzie, one of those gadget jet sweeps, one rush for six yards, six average, obviously. James Cook. Second, high second round pick. One rush for three yards, three average. Buffalo receiving. Devin Singletary. <clears throat> Get to this a little later, but this was very impressive. Singletary, nine catcher for 78 yards. He was our leading receiver in the day, which I was not expecting at all. But nine for 78, one touchdown. Isaiah McKenzie, seven catchers for 76 yards, one touchdown. Those are Allen's too. And then Stefan Diggs had another great game. Not phenomenal. Like last week, we had against the Titans 100. Eight catches, like 122 yards and three touchdowns. Not otherworldly, where he put up like 40 plus fantasy points for whoever had him. But seven catches, so 74 yards. Uh, and then Gabe Davis, mm, <laughs> he had a key mistake in this game. I think you know what I'm talking about. But if I don't, I'm not. If you don't, I'm not gonna spoil. It. I'll get to it later. Three catches for 37 yards. I was expecting a bit more from him. I started him in a few of my fantasy lineups that I have him in. Let's just say that goes plan. <laughs> James Cook, four catches for 37 yards. Dawson Knox, four catches for 25 yards. These first three games, including this one, so obviously weeks one, two, three. First three games, Rams, Titans, now Dolphins. He hasn't been involved as much as I would have liked, so. Reggie Gilliam, though. Two, we'll get into that later, too, in my report. Two catches for 22 yards, 11 average. Quentin Morris, who's really stepped up as this nice. He can do a lot of things Reggie Gilliam does as a fullback, blocking. He used to be a receiver, so he's really big and tall and muscular. So two catches for 22 yards as a backup tight end. Jay Kumro, two catches for 14 yards. He did leave with an injury, though, so that's why he only had two catches. 
Jameson Crowder, one for nine. Zach Moss, one for six and six average and nothing. Uh, Buffalo fumbles. Let's see. Josh Allen fumbled three times but only lost one of them because the offensive line couldn't block for crap for him. Jameson Crowder uh, fumbled once but didn't lose any of them, thank God. And then Buffalo defensively. They had no picks. They had only two sacks in the day. I can't... Oh, I don't remember who it was. It was Greg Rousseau. And I think... Here, hold on. I want to get... I don't want to get this wrong. So, sacks. Half of one by safety bits Damar Hamlin. And then 1.5 by Greg Rousseau. So, point half plus 0.5. So, two in total. So, Greg Rousseau and Damar Hamlin uh, got in there. And who else, actually? Yeah, two total sacks. Not what you want for your defense line. We'll get into that after. So, overall, that was the box score. Dolphins, Bills, Dolphins, offense, Dolphins, defense, Bills, offense, Dolphins, defense. Whatever. I probably confused that, but you know what I mean. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get into the Google Doc I got here with the Stock Up, Stock Down report. This is pretty self-explanatory. This is new. I'm doing this this year. Now, <clears throat> multiple guys that I look at have done this, okay? um, Let's see. The Buffalo Fanatics do this. It's a YouTube channel. Just search up Buffalo Fanatics. Really great content. They do like four to five shows a week. They're really great. They have a lot of awesome writers. They have a lot of good contributors. So I called mine different, but they have the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then Sale Capacitor from WGR. Uh, WGR 550 does multiple radio spots. Does uh, arrow up with and the arrow down. Same thing here with me. I'm doing stack up, stack down. So shout out to those are just. A, I'm sure there's many, many more like Matt Perino and Ryan Taylor of NYUp.com, Syracuse.com. Those are the main shout outs I want to make. So thank you for inspiring me for this idea. But Bills Dolphins takeaway stock up. Okay, these are. I think you can assume what this means. But these are guys that impressed me. Um, maybe I was expecting some, but they gave me a little more. They were like, hmm, that's. Re-. I was. Ex- I was really excited to see them um, on Sunday. So stock up. This can be a situation, a player, uh, an offensive coordinator, anything you want. Specific scenario. Devin Singletary is a pass catcher. Now, we knew Devin Singletary was the leading back heading into this season. But we didn't know his pass catching ability. As I I said earlier with the box score, he was a leading receiver in the day. I think it was, what, uh, six catches or six to eight? Catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. And that touchdown is wide open. But nonetheless, really, really stuff, good stuff from Devin Singletary. I'll get into James Cook in a minute. But he, ugh, James Cook hasn't shown much. And James Cook, I thought, was for that role of the receiving back out of the backfield. But <clears throat> that's where that stands. Next, I got here. I, by the way, I don't want to sound disappointed in this game because I'm not. Josh played his heart out. The whole team did. But there were some mistakes in this game, as we'll get to with the stack down. I have a lot more stack downs, unfortunately, than I have stack ups for situations and players. I only have three stacks up, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six stack down, and I have four uglies. So, sorry, that's just how the cookie crumbled this week, I guess. Whatever that saying is. Um, Reggie, second bullet point here on the stack up Reggie Gilliam usage. I love this. Our fullback, he his story is amazing. He had no offers out of high school. He was a walk-on at Toledo State as a fullback and then didn't get a full ride, whatever you want to call it, didn't get a scholarship until his senior year at Toledo, playing in the MAC, not playing the best competition, 
undrafted, gets signed by the Bills in the 2020 draft, not to mention COVID year, beats out longtime Bills veteran fullback Nixon, and who is retired now, but retired of being cut, beats out Pat DeMarco for the job. And he can be used as a running back, H-back, tailback, whatever you want to call that combo, tight end, and then pinch. He said, he said he can even play left guard if they need him to. And the way it was looking Sunday, I thought we were going to have to do that because we had eight offensive linemen roster. We had, we had to elevate even Greg Manns from the practice squad, and we used all eight. Not good at all. Only two stars in the offense line stayed in the whole entire game, being Deion Dawkins and Roger Saffold. But back to Gilliam, he was rewarded with a two-year contract um, in mid-August during training camp. That's fantastic to see, man. I love Roger Gilliam. Hashtag fullback love. Hashtag walk on, whatever you want to call it. Start the trend. I just love Reggie Gilliam. His usage is really... I, I just love how Ken Dorsey incorporates all these guys. It doesn't matter who you are any given Sunday. Just make your way to the top, and I love it. Young, our young secondary held their own. Now, this does come with, what do you want to call it, a caveat? Because we were looking rough out there. As you know, Jordan Poyer was out for this game. Uh... Micah Hyde was out, not just for this game, but for the whole season. Dane Jackson out for this game with that scary situation with the ambulance Monday night in ten, last Monday in Tennessee. Uh, so we were, and Taron Johnson was still there, but we were outside of Taron Johnson. Our starting secondary, again, outside of Taron Johnson, our starting secondary had three combined total starts. Because safety Jaquan Johnson had one last year, that was it. Sa- second year safety DeMar Hamlin, nothing. No starts in his career until, up until now. And then, um, and then uh, Christian Benford had uh, two starts, obviously, heading into the week. So that makes three, and Kyrie Elam had none. So two rookie corners on outside, Benford and Kyrie Elam. Christian Benford and Kyrie Elam. Benford left the game. And then for, he, Jamarcus Ingram, who we elevated from back to this is how rough it was. Jamarcus Ingram had to play the whole fourth quarter. Thank God it didn't cost us, but oh. Our injuries, I'll get to that when I get to another uh, section of this stock up, stock down, ugly report. But, man, it was looking rough out there. So, I heard today we had Xavier Rhodes in for a workout. Joe Hayden's retired, but might be able to convince him of retirement because he was going like the Pat McAfee show or something. He admitted Vad Miller was playing golf with him all offseason when he's in March and April and even May sometimes and recruiting him to Buffalo and all that. So, But Xavier Rhodes is not elite anymore or borderline elite, but he's still, up. I think he's like 34, 35 by now. Maybe even 33. 33 to 35, but he, that boy can still play. He can still play, so... Uh, yeah, young secondary held their own. Other than that long, 46-yard bomb, deep pass down the middle of Jalen Waddell, they held their own. I will say, though, Jordan Povier and Mike Hyde wouldn't have allowed that, but that is what it is. They held their own for a very, very young secondary outside of Taron Johnson. Now are we getting a stock down? I want to talk about the running back room. This whole running back by committee thing, whatever McDermott and Dorsey are doing, it isn't working. It's time to cut that crap out. It's just... Sorry to be harsh, but time to cut that crap out. It's not working. I can understand if it's two backs like they do in Dallas with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, and they do in Cleveland with the Browns and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and to some extent the Denver Broncos with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I can understand two, maybe not full behind it, but I can understand it with like James Cook, Denver Singletary, but three? Come on, dude. 
Devin Singletary, when he gets in a rhythm, he just gets yanked for Zach Moss. And then once he gets a rhythm, it goes back to Singletary. It's a mess. I just want Singletary to be the lead back. He showed the final last six. Oh, God. I hit the table. Sorry if you heard that. And <clears throat> the microphone. On the mic there. He showed the last six games of last season, Singletary this is I'm talking about, including the playoffs, that he can hang with the NFL defenses. Of course he can. He's the NFL. But he had a really great finish to the blazing finish to the NFL season. Once the offensive line started blocking for him well, I just don't get it. And James Cook, dude, this is another big point. You got to show up. Like, you're our second-round pick, and I haven't seen you do anything. Like, he, he's apparently he's PFF's highest-graded rookie running back for three games. Well, that's not much because... There's not much rookie running backs doing much right now. Brees Hall is getting outsnapped by Michael Carter, and they're throwing it all over the place. And then with the New York Jets, with um, Joe Flacco quarterback, Samir White, third on pick by the Raiders, is playing behind Josh Jacobs and with in all of them over there. And just the rookie running backs haven't been good. So, in Rashad White and the Buccaneers, not getting much opportunity either with Leonard Fournette. It's a start over there. So that's not saying that. But James Cook, you're supposed to be a second-round pick. And I haven't seen – I was going to bet to swear. But I haven't seen crap from you, like, all season through three games. you got to produce. Like, all you do is run good in garbage time. Yeah, that's garbage time when we're blowing out teams, when we're circling the wagons, if you will, when we're routing teams, when we're, when we're you know, blowing teams out. Whatever you adjective you want to use, James Cook, you got to show up, man. You're a second-round pick for a reason. Second-ever pick in this year's draft. You're supposed to be Singletary's replacement. Are we one next year? Because Singletary's contract's looking iffy. So my takeaways here are Zach Moss needs to play less. The dude without that 43-yard run, I don't want to take it away, but without it, he had three yards just for three yards. One per carry. He needs to play less. <clears throat> it was only four, but four rushes, but he's in there for like snaps. And he's not the, none of these running backs are top tier blockers. Singletary Moss are average blo- uh, pass blockers at running back. James Cook is like non-existent as a pass blocker. So here's the takers at the running back room. Singletary giving the ball, feed Singletary, and mix in James Cook. And James Cook, when you give him the ball, actually do something. They weren't. Josh wasn't confident enough, and Dorsey maybe wasn't even confident enough to call plays for schemed up for James Cook because they gave all the passing downs out of the backfield to Devin Singletary. James Cook, you need to step it up. Zach Moss, you're supposed to be that powerful back. When you get in there, I don't think you should be playing much. But when you get in there, <clears throat> it's just. Mm. I can understand two running backs, like I said, but three, I just don't get it. And then this is what hurt the most. We had a bunch, and I mean a bunch, of missed opportunities slash miscues this game. Now, I'll give you the five that I noticed. The big five. Okay? This might not be in order, but I'm pretty, like, 95% sure it is. It will happen. Tyler Bass missed field goal. I don't know what he did. He just shanked a 36-yard field goal with a strong of a leg as he has. He's had some accuracy accuracy issues in the past, but this is his third year now. That was just rookie year. This isn't rookie year, but, like, get it together. And then that failed... That bobble snaps has failed spike. If Mitch Morse was in there, that wouldn't have happened. But, oh, my God, looking back at Greg Van Roten, bad snap. But looking back at it, Josh, what are you doing? That bobble snap, there was like three seconds at that point. You just could have fired it out of bounds, not technically spike it, but spike it in a different way. Do it like a work run, if you know what I mean. Because he tried to get it to Diggs. Like, Diggs was going to run upfield in the touchdown from 30 yards away and do anything with it. No, he wasn't. Xavier Howard, that could have been a pick six. Oh, man. Josh, dude, 
I'm not going to follow you for this, but for this instance, I am. you got to throw it away. You could have had preserved one second and had a field goal and spiked it that way. I don't get it. And then, speaking of pick sixes, uh, Matt Milano drops wide open pick six. Wide open. No receiver in the area. Tua literally gifted him. Gifted him the ball. If you watched it, I was like, my hat, my eyes were popping out of my head. I was screaming inside so much. I even screamed out loud. Like, oh, he didn't have to do anything special. He didn't have to break in the ball. He didn't have to run with anybody. He was just sitting back in coverage on the line. And he hit right his hands. And he knew it, too. He should know it. You've got to make that. That's a pick six. Those are difference makers. And this is a difference maker, too. Gabe Davis dropped touchdown. Oh, my God. Josh Allen... Threw a perfect over-the-shoulder fade, whatever you want to call it, over-the-shoulder pass to Gabe Davis in the end zone. Yes, that was stupid, whatever the hell the defender's name was, Keon Crossin, who they elevated from the practice squad because Byron Jones is out. Come on, bro. Gabe Davis can out-muscle Keon Crossin. You should have dropped that. You needed to show up more in this game. Gabe Davis, I needed more from you. And this isn't just from fantasy. That could have been the difference in the game. Come on. You're muscular. You're taller than him. You can handle Keon Cross. I mean, seriously. And then Josh Allen, he knew it too. He started pounding the ground and throwing his helmet right after this. Josh Allen misfires to a wide open McKenzie for a go-ahead touchdown at the end. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Good thing they had another chance. They didn't do anything with it, but... McKenzie was wide open in the corner of the end zone. He didn't have to do anything special. Josh just skipped it off the ground. He hit the dirt and popped up. And he knew it right away, but he just skipped it off the ground. <sighs> this was a very stressful game, if you can't tell. Okay, rant over. Those were the missed opportunities and miscues. <sighs> okay. And I do, um, if you saw Ken Dorsey, Ken Dorsey was all Bills fans. I'm getting revved up about this. I'm getting fiery about this. Sorry, but, oh, my God. Ken Dorsey, he was throwing, mm, I'm not going to say it. He was throwing stuff all over the place. He was throwing his notebook down, throwing his playbook, throwing his headset down, throwing his hat down, and he punched the camera. He's probably going to get fined. He was asked about it yesterday. He said he'll learn from it, but that was all Bills fans. That was the mood right there for all Bills fans. And then... Little tidbit here: shaky communication between Allen and others because of my the my the Miami crowd. Good on the Miami crowd. Bills Mafia always travels well, but this wasn't even close. The Miami crowd, uh, Miami crowd, obviously was getting in the head of jo- not in the head. Well, maybe they were because he um, pushed Christian Wilkins to the ground and ripped off Christian Wilkins' helmet, and then Josh's helmet came off and it was wrestling him on the ground and like pounded him on the ground. But anyway, good on the Miami crowd. Bills Mafia, we know what it is. You know what it is. It always travels well, but man, they were loud uh, in that stadium. And the communication, they were, dig, Allen was trying to check the digs, you know, when they go 240, whatever they do, blue, whatever. And Allen was looking at him like, what? McKenzie was like, what? It was just kind of a mess with the communication. Good on then though. The D-line pressure was very inconsistent. Good on Greg Rousseau. He started this three, he's got three sacks this season, which means that the breakdown for that uh, newsflash here. <laughs> So if you can't do math, um, he has a sack in each game. Week one against the Rams, week two against the Titans, now week three against the Dolphins. Very good. But, man, Von Miller, you needed to affect this game more. We paid you six years, $120 million, bro. Oh, you got to get pressure. And on that last play, by the way, everyone's 
uh, everyone was criticizing Leslie. Bills fans were criticizing Leslie Frazier, and not Bills fans are making fun of it. Well, he only rushed three in the D line and dropped everyone else in the coverage. Yeah, well, he had no choice. Maybe they can't do an all-out rush because a lot of their personnel was gone. You know, there's no uh, Ed Oliver up the middle, no Jordan Phillips. Uh, uh, the only three that rushed, I believe, were Greg Rousseau, Von Miller, and Daquan Jones. And Daquan Jones. Everyone else, Edmonds, Milano, all those boys, all those guys were covering. So they couldn't help an all blitz because they were losing key person. They didn't have key personnel because of injuries. So, uh, but I don't blame him for that. But, oof. Bills, this is a really bad stat. Bills are now 0-7 since the tar- start of 2021. And games decided by seven points or less. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It is great and a great feeling as us as Bills Mafia and uh, Bills fans. It is great when you route teams. When the Bills have won, their last 20 regular season wins have been by 10 plus points. A blow is considered in the NFL in any sport, really. But especially the NFL, 10 or more points. So it's great. Last 20 regular season wins have been by 10 plus points. But last seven losses in the regular season since the start of 2021 have been decided with seven points or less. This is becoming a narrative with the Bills. They got to close out. They got to be clutched by the end. Missed opportunities, as I just said. Field goals, all that. They got to produce at the end. This is becoming a narrative. You don't want to become a narrative because whatever narrative the media... Not so much because everyone loves the Bills now, but anyone else, some of my friends, and that they'll take whatever they can get to make fun of them. And I hate it, by the way. But anyway, you got to close out close games. So they haven't been good in close games. I still, I wouldn't call them not clutch or unclutch or whatever you want to call them, but they don't choke. That's the Falcons' job. But, yeah. And then the ugly, we just got a few things, uh, four bullets here. The ugly, the heat and injuries. The heat was exhausting, man. It's, the commentator said in the broadcast down in the field, um, it was 120 degrees. Real field heat on that field, 120 degrees. And, man, players were dropping like flies in and out. Dawson Knox said he had to get an IV before the game. And then during the game, too. Isaiah McKenzie also had the IV during the game. Stefan Diggs also had to come off and get IV during the game. Well, I don't know if he got IV in the locker room. But he came off for a few plays and then went back in. And then came back out. All offensive linemen. Spencer Brown out for the day with heat illness about uh, midway through the third quarter. Greg Van Roten, center, was out. We were down to a third-string center, guys, with Greg Manns. Oh, and then we, and then Tommy Doyle, um, who's never played guard in his life, they had to play him a guard. Yeah, good luck, buddy. Um, they had to play him a guard. And I don't know if this is because of heat, but he tore his ACL, so he's out for the year now, too. And then Christian Benford, our very young secondary, Christian Benford, this list goes on. But Christian Benford, um, fractures hands he'll about be out for at least three games i'm assuming they'll put him on ir so he'll be out for at least four games so they have ruben saying xavier rhodes or joe hayden but more xavier rhodes because he visited them today so the injuries are brutal the heat was brutal uh yeah dolphins fan ugh, this is really 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 annoying dolphins fans will not shut up now all week just because they beat us one time guys you're three and oh we, the Buffalo Bills, are still the much better team. Ask anybody, unless you're a Bills hater like my friends are. But unless you're a Bills hater, the Bills are the much better team. That's not some biased thing. The Bills have the better quarterback. The Bills probably have a 
Eh, same offense. Probably have same offense, but the Bills have a much better defense. Bills have the best defense in the NFL, for that matter. So, we're still the better team. Dolphins send you beers once. Josh is still 7-2 and two in his career. So, take that and brag all you want because you guys won't shut up all week just because you beat us once. But it's okay because I'll get to that later. It's okay because you know what's coming later. When we play you next time, it will most likely be in the snow. So remember, when you're all warm in Miami or whatever you're doing, you got to come to Buffalo next time in December and play us in the snow slash rain slash whatever so teams can't really handle us in the cold. We're used to it. You're not. Yeah, so deal with that for a week, but they won't shut up probably. Um, This is also ugly. At the end of the game, oh, this frustrated me so bad. It makes me mad more and more by minute by minute. I talk about it. At the end of the game, when Bills tried to spike the damn ball. So, here's how it played out. Josh Allen threw the ball at Isaiah McKenzie. First of all, Isaiah McKenzie, you probably should have went down instead of trying to get that extra two or three yards with the little few starter steps there. But whatever. He's got to learn. Whatever. First big year with a big roll. He didn't get out of bounds. That's great. Bills, uh, Zay McKenzie gave that ball to the ref, and the Bills were set on the line. All offensive linemen, Josh was doing his checks. That ref took his sweet, you know what time, I'm not going to say the word, you know what time, to get back to the line and give the and spot the ball. His fat, his fat butt couldn't get over there in time. I was going to use another word, but if kids listen to this podcast or whatever, but his fat butt couldn't get over there in time. And that's, I'm not saying that's what cost the game, but dude, if the, if you had a ref more athletic, that would have been great. But ref, spot the damn ball. Oh, so frustrating. He took a sweet good old time spotting that ball. His fat buck couldn't get over there in time. And then what frustrates me even more, the box score shows that we should have easily, easily beat this Dolphins team by 10 plus points. I didn't go over this in the official box score. For the game, we had 34 first downs to their 10 on the no wait, we had thirty four first downs to their twenty or twenty on the day. We had four hundred something yards in the day to their two hundred something yards in the day. I don't get it. Like that basketball shows we would should have easily beat them by ten, but should have is the key word, and we didn't. Need more from this player. Now I'll give a shout out, and this isn't a good shout. This is a bad shout to Von Miller. Von, you had to. You should take advantage of that Dolphins own line. Tron Armstead was a bit banged up. Austin Jackson was on IR, their star right tackle. So you should have lined over that right tackle and bullied those guys. But you didn't. But that's not the guy who I want to talk about. I need more from James Cook, man. I went on a mini rant earlier, um, some minutes ago, a few minutes ago, whatever it was. But I'm going to get it all out now. I already said I don't like the Ryan Bayback committee. But James Cook, when you do get your opportunities... Do something. You're a second-round pick. You need to play. Contribute to the game. Okay? And they know you're not doing... You, they're not doing, they know you're not doing crap, McDermott and Dorsey and Allen, because they preferred Singletary on those passing downs out of the backfield. So, James Cook, you're a second-round pick for a reason. You didn't have much mileage at Georgia. You split with Jameer Wright, who's now on the Raiders, a third-round pick. And he's even doing the same, probably. So, like, James Cook, you need to perform for us. And then quick Dolphins takeaways from a Dolphins perspective. Um, good on Miami's defense. I will give them props. Good on Miami's defense for holding our usually prolific offense to just 19 points in the day. Not many teams can say they can do that. But that's where my praise for the Dolphins ends. And I don't care if Dolphins then get pissed at listening to this. Just deal with it. This is my thoughts. Oh, well. Make your own thoughts. Don't care. Uh, sorry, it's not harsh, but that's the truth. Two didn't impress me one bit. 
Dude, he went 13 of 18, 186 yards. I don't get it. Like, why is everyone so hyped on Tua? They did just. They didn't even do just enough to win this. This leads me into my bet. Next point: the those that beat us, we beat ourselves. We beat ourselves with all those mistakes I laid out. Everything else, all our injuries, we did on a third string center. Uh we beat ourselves, and you guys literally, you guys literally beat a defense. I'm talking about you, Dolphins fans, you want to talk all your crap? You guys literally beat a defense full of backups and third stringers. It was so bad at corner. Jamarcus Ingram had to play the whole fourth quarter. You beat a defense of backups, mainly backups. Uh, other than Milano and Edmonds, it was backups. And Groot and Von Miller, it was backups. So stop acting like you're on the top of the world because you're not. And Tiger Kill was a non-factor. Can I mention that too? The dude had like five, like three catches for five or six yards. Big deal. Okay, you got locked up, Tyreek. Yes, Jay Lionel did an amazing game. Phenomenal game with 102 receiving yards. You got locked up, Tyreek. Oh, well, go cry about it. My Hemi rushing game was a non-factor zone. Most of didn't do anything. But enjoy this now, Dolphins fans. Talking directly to you. Enjoy this now, Dolphins fans, because you're going to get smacked in a short week in Cincinnati, Thursday night, and two nights. You're going to go to Cincinnati all on your high horse and then get absolutely demolished by 14-plus points. And then everyone, and then you'll probably still take your, well, uh, we weren't prepared. It was a short week. Tua, Tua, Tua was injured. It's not fair. Tua was out. I don't care. Tay Bridgewater isn't much different than Tua in my eyes, so cut the crap. No excuses, because we're not giving excuses, so enough is enough. You're going to smack Cincinnati by 14-plus points. I can guarantee you that. Sorry for my rant. My rant's over. I should probably end this before I get more enraged. Ooh, that was quite the episode. Before I go, <laughs> let me give you my social media. So my personal Twitter account is at aweingren13 on Twitter. The podcast Twitter account, if you want to follow, is at aroundslice on Twitter. The podcast TikTok account is uh at around the slice as well and i don't know about instagram yet that might instagram yet that might be in the works but sorry this is a bit of a more fiery and energetic episode but if if you don't like it then i don't know what to tell you i'm just a very diehard bills fan give you my thoughts dolphins fan if you don't want to listen to this then oh well i don't care anyways guys thank you for listening to around the slice i will this is a promise too i will be back this friday so today's the 27th so this friday the uh, September 30th, I'll be back with Bill's Ravens preview. Can't wait for that. We can't afford to drop two in a row. Look out for that. Anyways, guys, this is Basketball Stop. Jeez, oh, that's my YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, this has been what an episode this has been. This is Around the Slice Podcast. Wow. And I will talk to you next time.